Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So happy you could join me. We've got a lot to talk about this week. A lot of interesting things I've come across that have uh, fired me up a little bit, I guess, (laughs) as I'm recording this. I keep going back and reviewing it and thinking about it. And every time I'm still getting a little bit like, wow, it's going to be a, I can already feel it's going to be one of those weeks where I get fired up while talking about it. But anyway, thanks for joining me. It's going to be a good time. So we're going to start things off as we have for a number of weeks and months and seems like forever. We've been living in COVID and we continue to. And the emergency temporary standard from OSHA is still not out. But what we are seeing is a lot of large organizations are using that as their springboard. So they know it's coming. They know it's about to hit. And so they're using it already that they already had wanted to evidently mandate vaccines for their teams. And so they're using it as, hey, OSHA's going to be forcing it anyway. We're going with it. And so it's starting that ball rolling. We're starting to see more and more organizations go ahead and adapt a vaccination protocol based on the fact that OSHA is going to be doing something potentially. So that's very interesting from the idea that, okay, so the threat of the law has become the the idea to create something. We don't know what's going to be in it yet. Uh, we know it's going to be a hundred or more. We don't know if that's spread out, if it's all together, because some workplaces now have become permanently remote. I'm one of those that I travel some, but I'm permanently remote. And so how would that affect those types of organizations? We don't know. We're not really sure how that is going to happen. So we do know for the federal contractor part that's enacted, that's moving. So if you have that aspect, you're going to have to vaccinate. But now we're looking at what about these other industries? Hundred or more people, close proximity, vaccination or weekly testing. That's going to be continued through this emergency temporary standard that someday will be released. Still unknown. It's still when you read a lot of the news and you keep searching and searching and searching, it's like they put in quotation marks weeks away. <laughs> so not really sure when that is going to show up or get something going. And so we're going to have to wait and see, and we're going to be prepared for that. I know a lot of seminars have been coming out about have a policy ready so that you hold it to standard. And the key is here, however you approach it, approach it standardized. 
don't do one-offs. So whether it be a religious or a medical accommodation, follow the same path. Make sure you're taking it exactly as this. So large lawsuit against United Airlines for potential for religious accommodations not being treated the same as other accommodations. It's even though it's certainly you walk through that interactive process, it still has to be an interactive process for the ADA. It still has to go through the standardized process. If you start treating people different or asking different questions, even I've set through one that talked about create your questions ahead of time. Don't you only want to hit so deep. You don't want to go too far into it and you just want to get the basic information and you want to ask generally speaking the same types of questions so that you're not showing any type of discrimination against anyone asking for an accommodation. And one of the means of accommodation that there has been talk about and a lot of a couple of different places recommended it. And of course they're saying this isn't legal advice. This is just, Hey, this is us informing you. And so I'm going to say the same. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying that I have been seeing this as a trend where they are saying, hey, the the accommodation could be we're going to give you 30 days off or 60 days off to go get vaccinated. And if you don't, uh, something else could happen after that. And so we're taking a very firm stance in some cases for how this is going to work and what we're going to be doing. And the implications are pretty strong. I mean, when you look at the statistics, a lot of people are vaccinated. A lot of people have went out and started the process or are fully vaccinated. And there are those that are holding out. And, you know, that not to judge in any form or fashion, but that's something in the workplace now with that we will have to handle. We'll have to find a method to find a way to overcome that and find our way forward. Oh, should be interesting. So I'm going to switch gears here. First time in the first half of the episode that I'm actually moving on to something else. Not a lot on the COVID front. Hasn't moved a lot from the safety standpoint recently. But I've noticed that we're we're looking and finally moving forward with some heat-related standards for hot atmospheres, hot environments, and heat stress for OSHA. They're starting to look at that. I think the frustration I am seeing is that they're saying it's because of global warming. We're going to ramp up our heat stress programs because of global warming. No, not going to get into global warming. But what bothers me the most about this is that workers have been dying. Workers have been hurt. Workers have been exposed to extreme heat before today. They've been exposed to it for years and years and years, decades Regardless of global warming, regardless of whatever climate change is happening, we've been exposing workers to that hazard. So I don't like the idea of us ramping it on the back end of saying, well, it's global warming doing it. No, this is ethical. This is something that should have been in place some time ago. People have been hurt and dying from heat-related stress, and there's not a lot of guidance out there. There is not a lot of strong guidance from OSHA. Now, um, the ACGIH, uh, NIOSH, there are some interesting information that you can use as generally acceptable good engineering that you can look at and learn from and hopefully convince your team that it's the right thing to do because it is the right thing to do. We're in the the job of preventing human harm 
And so I love the fact that we might actually have a standard. Don't know when uh, public comment could be going for who knows how long, you know. But the fact that we're ramping and say, well, it's because of global warming, we finally need the standard. No, we needed this standard before then. We've needed this standard for a long time because we have been exposing people to this hazard. And we've needed guidance because sometimes as an OSHA person or a safety person, we have to go. You know, the law just says we have to do it this way. So we've got to do it this way. And that's sad that that's the convincing role you have to take sometimes. But we use that as one of our arguments for the right thing to do. And so it would be good to see this. It'll be good to have it in place. And it's something that we've needed, regardless of the current state of our climate today. There has been heat-related issues going on in our workplaces uh, and even indoor workplaces where it's a very hot process. Temperatures can reach extremes without any type of climate. It's just the nature of the work. So something good. I hope we see it. A little frustrated they're piggybacking it on a somewhat political stance, but we need it. Hopefully we're going to see it soon. So we're going to take a break and more podcast coming up. And Justin, you've got a friend in the safety business who wants to help your team work safer. The safety dude who wants to help your leadership engage through safety. Again, the safety dude who is there to take your safety systems to the next level. That's right. The safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety www.tsdamoglamated.com And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Again, so happy you're with me. So I came across a really interesting story. Uh, Again, this is that time that I'm just, wow, my mind is blown. In so many ways, and not in good ways, unfortunately. I see that sometimes in safety. But there was a workplace fatality back in March in Ohio at an aluminum plant. Uh, They were just finally, the release of the information came out. $1.67 million penalty. uh, 38 health and safety violations. It all began with the death of a 43-year-old worker. Uh, This is all according to the insurance journal. What is really, I think, sad about the story is that the worker was killed from a safety device. So there was an automatic guarding mechanism that would close the door on this piece of equipment. They don't describe the piece of equipment, but the machine had an automatic barrier that would come down and then allow the machine to work, keeping the worker safe from whatever process was beyond that gate. So you have this uh, this sensor that says, okay, people are clear. They've activated the equipment. The, the door comes down. The work begins. The door comes back up. You take whatever you finished, put something new in there, and keep going. Very, very robotic sounding. When I think about the the idea of manufacturing, he was working, and as he was 
entering the area, the door came down and struck the person, killing them. What kind of organization allows their safety devices to get so broken, to get so misused that they kill someone? Can you imagine the state of the work that is going on here? And yet people still work there. Why? Because they got to have a job. We've set that up in a very interesting way that we need that job. And so we're willing to make risks. We're, we're willing to accept that risk. We're willing to work in a situation where we've seen a coworker die from a safety device. And so the, 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 rest of the article goes through that there's like four repeat, 18 willful, 16 serious violations. Um, they're in the severe violator enforcement program, this organization. Um, lots of lockout tagout issues. There was notices that they knew that this door was faulty. It had been faulty. There were workarounds around it that people had learned to make the machine keep working. And the safety device comes down and kills a worker. Unbelievable. There's so much to say about the state of an organization that would allow something like this to happen. So there's, it says there's 220 uh, employees at this location and they are working in an environment that I'm not sure that I can wrap my mind around as a safety professional, as a human being who cares about other people, who has any shred of empathy to look around and to say, yeah, even our safety devices in our organization have the capability and will injure someone severely or kill them. Normally, I'm not this strong worded uh, about things that I read. I try to be very fair. I try to think to both sides because I I've set across from OSHA where people have made accusations and I've tried to show the point of where we've made improvements and what we're doing. Right. I've also been on the other side where I've advocated for, we have to make this correction. We have to make it work. We're not going to put our people at risk. And to know that there are those of us out there who are standing that line, who are fighting those fights on both sides, who are trying to be that great service to both our organization and to our people. And we care and we're working hard. And you see this, you slap your forehead and go, wow, there's this out here. And this is unbelievable to me. And it really does hurt from the standpoint of, wow, this actually still exists in the United States. And I've said that a number of times that here we are, one of the most powerful nations, one, one of the most economically powerful nations. And here we are. We're letting our safety devices kill our employees because we absolutely refuse to fix them, even though we know about it. And we're letting other people see it. And I think that's the cultural part. Other people know this is happening. What kind of workplace? Can you imagine the morale? Can you imagine the feeling of walking in to know that this is something that could happen? It's uh, daunting. Uh, I think it takes me down a path that, that it takes me a lot of thinking to really get into a mindset and go, wow, this is 
something that should be addressed and fixed. So we're entering October. Welcome. It seems like it came on us so fast, but the NFPA has Fire Safety Week in October also. Usually October is Fire Safety Month. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done your fire drill yet for your location, think about a fire drill this month that fits in perfect with the theme. So this year's theme is the sound of fire safety. What does that mean? Well, it's exactly what you what you would think it would mean. <laughs> Do your team know what it sounds like to have that alarm go off? At home, is your carbon monoxide detector working? Is your... Is your fire detector, your smoke detector working? Have you tested them recently? Have Does your family know what it sounds like when one goes off? I'm not sure how you could stand it, but is it chirping at you to let you know the battery is low? I'm not sure anyone could stand that for long, but hopefully you haven't just been able to focus and ignore that. Maybe it's time to change that battery. Now that we're uh, here, it's a good reminder to do that. But fire safety is so important and it's so huge. And it's a big part of what we do in safety is making sure that we have those exits, that we have those alarms, we have those redundant systems in place to make sure we can evacuate our team in the case of a fire because that is not something that uh, it's been around for a long time. We don't want to be a part of that and we don't want to be those groups that do not allow our team to follow through. So many times I've had a drill or the fire alarm has went off accidentally or something has happened, you know, in a workplace and everybody looks at the safety person or looks at the supervisor and goes, should we leave? Well, yeah, alarm has went off. You leave until you're told different. You go to make sure you're safe. Same thing in my home. I tell my kids that a lot is that, look, you go away. Like if, if something's wrong, you move on and then we'll figure it out and tell you it's okay later. It's better to be safe then find out too late that something is wrong and that we should have been moving. <laughs> and usually that's how they know dinner's ready because dad's cooking and the smoke alarm goes off and they start to look around and I'm like, nah, it's just me cooking. And by the way, dinner's ready. <laughs> uh, so hope you do celebrate or at least do something for Fire Safety Week and Fire Safety Month, the sound of fire safety. Thanks for joining me on this episode. It's been an interesting one. Just a lot of interesting things happening. Really appreciate you joining me. And until next time that we chat, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the web at www.thesafetydude.org. All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.